What's up, Beef Talk fans? We've got Derek here, we got Drew here, and we've got a really disappointing Bills loss. Oh, this is going to uh, take some time uh, to recover uh, from. Uh, 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 Bills oh, they were so bad. It was a great game, in but, my opinion. Listen, I man, listen, man. Every second. The Bills are going to come back from this. Never that. I'm telling you, they're going to come back from this. This is a once in a time thing. Oh, I also enjoyed how bad the Chiefs offense was against the Packers. Um, so Pack- you should, you should. Packers defense, Jaguars defense. Yes, but you also have, have to Packers. Like Packers offense led by Jordan Love against Packers. No, no, no. Can you talk about how we scored more points against the Packers defense than you did against the Jaguars defense? Cut. Okay, there's one word. Uh, there's a few words I have to tell for you. Offensive line. Uh, by, uh, when I say offensive line, I mean offensive line. Because, like, the way they, they were trying to protect the guns, the other Josh Young... It's honestly hard to watch. I mean, like, Deion Dawkins uh, is supposed maybe, to be our maybe, best offensive lineman, yet he got around him like it was Swiss cheese. Maybe they just got a little confused. They saw Allen on the back of his jersey, and they're just like, oh, that's our quarterback. <laughs> Let's cut out of the way. And just let him right through. <laughs> All right. Well, do you think that the Bills' loss has deeper implications for them going forward? Yeah. It just shows they're a bad team. Okay. Never, oh. never been better than the Chiefs. And will never be better than the Chiefs. We've got they beat them this a very year. rational Chiefs fan here. Always rational. All right. The, this doesn't mean a ton going forward, but it shows a few things. It shows that the I feel like it's bigger for the Jaguars than it is for the Bills. It is. And I'll explain why it's not that big for the Bills, but there's some things that they do need to watch out for. A, their running game is not where it needs to be. If they're not even presenting their running game in the beginning, that already eliminates a weapon that they have. Right, if you're not using Moss or Singletary to the capacity that they could be used, you're also making your offense more one-dimensional. And you also have a decent Cole Beasley receiver, but I wouldn't say he's number two. And you have uh, Daniel Sanders. Th- I, I wouldn't give him number two either. Yeah, Diggs. Diggs, I'm considering my number one. But listen, listen. I think that the Bills' offense needs some fine-tuning, especially on a third-down situation. I think that they made some very weird calls where they'd go deep when they really didn't need to. or I think that they need to do a little bit more of a mid-pass game, uh, and they've been reluctant to do so lately. And if they don't incorporate different parts of the offense, I think it's going to be, be a problem going forward. That said, I think our defense did what it needed to do, and I'm not really concerned on that front. I mean, from the league's best offense and best defense, like, the defense was amazing, but the offense was piss poor. And, because, and there's one reason for that. Josh Allen, and not our Josh Allen, the Jacksonville Josh Allen, and the like, he was disrupting the entire rhythm of our offense because the offense is centered around the quarterback, in our case, Josh Allen, and he was never able to really get consistent good passes off because Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen, was always there because he was always getting around Deion Dawkins, who's supposed to be our best offensive lineman, but he was getting around him so easily that Josh Allen had never, never had the chance to really get off any really good great play or great plays. He, he had no clean pocket the entire time, but it yeah. really affected him, I think. And the thing is, the Bills actually got into the Jaguars' uh, territory a lot more than you might think, but the problem was every single time they got there, it'd be a turnover. There was two well, or they wouldn't convert. There was two interceptions. Right. There was two. There was, I believe, there was a, there was a fumble. Two fumbles throughout the yeah, entire two game. Two fumbles. There was on downs. Two. Two. There was on downs. Two fumbles. And at that point, at the end of the game, they were on the very edge of field goal range. It was on that third and seven play, 
And all they had to do when he was getting pressured was throw it away. They could have attempted to field goal from where they were. And it was like it was like it would have been like around a fifty six fifty five yard field goal. But it would have been then, long. Yes, but that is that Bass is a great kicker and he has made that very consistently. I think Bass can do that, yeah. I agree. Yeah. But instead of doing that, he started running around because he was getting pressured, and he ended up losing eight yards on a sack by Josh Allen. Allen has a nasty habit of, so he's just yes. a habit of doing that lately. Of extending plays Honestly. and then paying for it. Right. And, like, and it's been a very long, a very long and annoying situation because then you would have, then you have a fourth and fifteen situation where you have to get the first down. You can't go bell back to where you were, step out of bounds. You have to get a first down, and even when he did, he went, he rolled out of the pocket. Even though there were no one really getting open, he had a ton of space to step down, take some time, and make a good throw. But instead of doing that. He made himself stay on the run, and he delivered a very poor throw to Diggs, and it, or Diggs or Sanders, whoever it was. But it was on the ground. It hit the ground before it even got to him. And if he got onto the ground to try to catch it, he had no chance. So do, do you think it's, like, a major issue going forward, or is it kind of like a one-time thing? I'd rather be asked than put him back. As much as right? I'd rather say a one-time thing, it's not. Because even though we haven't seen this type of play before... You, like, even against the Dolphins, it took them until the second half to really start to play well. They were tied 3-3 at halftime in that game until they scored, what, what was it, I mean, like 23 points in the second half. Except here, they didn't score a single point after half. They showed that they their offense line just could not stop Josh Allen. And that worries me because, like, if you have a team that has a really good defensive line, like, against the Bucks later in the season, I'm worried. Because the Bills not, not the Bills offense might not even have a chance to get off any good place if their if their offensive line is getting destroyed like Swiss cheese. Well, the problem is the Bills have become a little bit more predictable this year. They already have an idea of what our offense is like. They already know that Stefan Diggs is the alpha, and once you cover Stefan Diggs, it's mostly game over. And if the the only other way around it is if you do some cover passes to uh, Cole Beasley. And maybe some mid routes to uh, Sanders, but otherwise, the Bills' offense is very one dimensional. And actually, that's a good comparison to the Chiefs because the Chiefs, when you cover Hill for the most part, and, and Kelsey, and Kelsey it, it's, it's game it's, over. It's similar. Yeah, I mean we're not similar. We're actually running the ball now. Yes, but maybe, maybe you should learn from you us. You scored thirteen points, <laughs> and you scored six. I know because we never and had any time. And you scored six. Against the Jaguars defense. Tell me, was Mahomes getting pressured the entire game? Yes, he always is. He's normally on the run. Every second of the, every snap, he's on the run. And tell me why. Because our line line is worse than your line. I don't want to hear it. I know, but the Chiefs and the Bills are actually facing quite a bit of a similar situation. In in their perspective games, when their offensive line collapses, even though they have a lot of targets to It's not when... It's how often it's going to collapse in the game. It's definitely going to... It's collapsing every single snap. Yeah, but when... Like, the thing is, when their offensive line is getting collapsed, it doesn't even matter if their receivers are getting covered or not. Like, they... Mahomes and Allen have... We have seen they have a lot of trouble getting off good plays because they simply just don't have time to make them. Like, you got to take someone like Tom Brady. He is not a mobile guy at all. He's an amazing passer, though. So what... When you get a great offensive line around him, he's been the greatest quarterback of all time. It's not even close. But put him in a situation like 
give them to the Chiefs right now. Put them in a situation where the offensive line is porous and he can't run. What happens to him? There's a reason why he went to the Buccaneers. Well, Tom Brady's a little bit more complex, though, right? He's already 45 years old. Different, though, than Patrick and Josh. Because if you think about it, Brady already accomplished what he needed to on the Patriots, right? So if you if you already have your six Super Bowls, if you already have most of your playing days behind you, then why should you play behind the line this bad, right? The first priority of that new team is, well, we need to protect our new quarterback. And that's why Brady right now probably has the highest odds for MVP. And really, it's not because he's so good. And granted, he and no discredit to Tom Brady. Absolutely, he's a very good quarterback. But... He's surrounded by the best weapons in uh NFL, excuse me. It's by a lot also. Yeah, I think the Buccaneers are similar right now to how Alabama is. Where or just Carolina. year after year, with at least with Tom Brady there, they're able to get their players that they need and they're able to sign players that want to come there. Right? You have to have the idea of, well, we have to have an attraction to this fan base. And that's what the Chiefs or were location. doing. Before this year, the Chiefs were doing that. Every every like after for those two years, the Chiefs were getting in players because they had just won the Super Bowl. We saw it there. People signed there. Every single person that was available was going to the Chiefs. Le'Veon Bell when he was a free agent, and we saw it with even more. They all wanted to go to the Chiefs because they were winning, because they were contender. Like, right now, like, I find that if the Bills pick up, like, someone like, I know, but if the Bills pick up someone like OBJ, like, that's a, that's a, another weapon that the Bills can really use in the, on their offense, because it will really, like, make the defense think, who are we going to cover? That's a great idea, honestly. Who and are we going to cover? Odell wants to go to a contender, so... He, wants to go, he says he's, he's favorite Seahawks. in Seattle. Yeah. Which I don't understand. Why? That's interesting, because they're not really position, a contender. Given their current position at 2 and... F- it was like... 3 and 5. 3 and 5. Or something like that. They are not going making the playoffs, and even if they do, they're not going far. Well, here's the thing. The Seattle, Seattle's the at least a, a consistent competitor, Like right? They're always there... And Russell Wilson's years as a quarterback, he's only had one season where he's finished below 10 uh, wins. So, overall, they're a consistent franchise. No one's questioning that. No one's questioning uh, Pete Carroll as a coach either because he's done a, an amazing job there. But Odell needs to think to himself, well, do I want to go to a, a franchise that isn't a major media market? Do I want to have the best quarterback around me, the best uh, supporting cast around me? So... I think Seattle is definitely an option for him, but I would definitely uh, look toward Buffalo because bu- Buffalo really fits what he needs, right? For the second receiver and or first receiver. I could see him being better than uh, than D- Diggs. This year has been not quite what he was last year. And, and that's due oh, but to OBG's, but OBG's been horrible this year. That's not his fault, though. That's, yeah, cause that's pa- I, I'd say that it's partly his fault, and it's because, A, they don't have good repertoire together. B, I think that they also didn't have necessarily a good passing game centered around Odell. I think Odell was kind of out of place there. He didn't really belong in their system. I think that overall, Cleveland had a very uh, play-over-player offense. 
Yeah. It, it, they've inherited that from the Vikings when Kevin Stefanski came to the Cleveland Browns. It's, well, you are playing under us. It's not really you're above us, you know? Yeah. So, some teams uh, will go the latter route. And, like, with, especially because OBJ, I'm pretty sure, likes really longer plays, like the deep passes. He would be a perfect for Josh Allen. OBJ? Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, you know who also likes long plays? Patrick Mahomes. He does he, like long plays, would, but he doesn't have the time to throw the long yes, plays. Yes, but I'm telling you, he would be a very good fit on the Chiefs also. Giving him, OBJ give him another, to the Chiefs. Another good weapon. Don't make me cringe. Another good weapon to use. He would be a perfect fit on the Chiefs. I, I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but he would be. I also believe. But he's also he's also n- not listed them in their t- his, in his top five locations at all. It's okay. He'll come. He'll come around. <laughs> He'll come around. Anyway, to move on to the next question, how should the Packers evaluate their loss and the future of Jordan Love as their franchise quarterback? Jordan Love be. is he's not, not a franchise quarterback. Yeah, he's not. Well, when you spend a first-round pick on a quarterback, and granted, I thought it was the wrong pick at the time, too. And, it, and what now, do you th- now they're realizing it is, too. Well, what do you do with him, though, right? Trade him. Is it- <laughs> get, get him. Cut get, him. Get, get, trade him away for all you can get. I mean, what, what can you get for him, though? Yeah. Can you get a bag of chips? Maybe <laughs> some salsa? Maybe some I don't- hot dogs in the concessions. <laughs> But listen, I remember when you were Jordan Love Peterman for a sack of rice. Yeah. Well, here's that. the thing. Jordan Love didn't show the accuracy to become an NFL quarterback. I don't even he think he's horrible. I don't Did even, you watch him. I'm not even sure if I consider him a second stringer. I think he's a mediocre second string quarterback. To be honest, with you. that's what he's. That's they what it is. They should try to pick up Mitch Trubisky if like as like an. Whoa! Like an, I didn't even think about that. That is a brilliant like, I, idea. He's like I, I get he's the Bills' backup, but like. If like if he wants to get a starting job next year, if Rodgers like re- re- leaves Green Bay, which he's supposed to, yeah, go for Trubisky. Yeah, that really makes a lot they of sense. I never thought about any that. position to pick top to get a, a star, like a QB of the future. So for the current be- time being, Trubisky, he's right there. Pick a, like get a guy who can really do some good things for you. Why not? Or Deshaun Watson, try it. Honestly, what can fail? I I don't think that the Packers should be really that worried about this loss because they didn't have Aaron Rodgers. When you have Jordan Love as your quarterback, you have to come in with an expectation that he's not what your uh, overall mindset is going forward. It's it's kind of like a one game tryout for his first game in the NFL. That's it's, it's a very bad time to start. Uh, you know, even though the Chiefs have a bad defense, it still it still wasn't the right game to start him. Especially against a, in a high pressure situation. Yes, like that. but the Chiefs they had no choice. Are one of the worst defenses in the league, and the Packers have one of the best offenses. He had everything he needed he to go in there and win a game, except experience. Yes, except no. But he power. had the offense. Oh. Yes, he had the <laughs> offense around him. Accuracy. Yeah, but he had the offense and the situation. To win a game. But it's well, just the thing, well, listen, listen. He clearly didn't have, like, a clear w- repertoire with the players. If you if you look at it closely, you know that pass uh, to Devontae Adams? It was right behind him. I'd say that probably three or four feet behind him. It was not even close. You know, they, they, don't, they don't have the chemistry with him that they did with Aaron Rodgers. There's chemistry that's built over years. And it's not the same. And you can make an example of this on the Lakers. When you see... Russell Westbrook, it's not. They haven't built a chemistry, and that's why they're six and five. 
Uh, that's just the reality. Of the I can't situation. believe they're even above five hundred. Okay, I mean, they've been. They, I mean, they don't look good as a team. They don't. Like Westbrook cannot be on the same, the floor at the same time as LeBron and AD. He can't. Westbrook they, doesn't fill on any team with more than one superstar. Yeah, because unlike Harden, who gave up his time to work in with the Nets, Westbrook went in there and tried to rule the floor, and he got knocked off his throne. I feel like Westbrook is a player who doesn't know what to do on the court without the ball in his hands. I like that, actually. That's, that's good. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, how concerned are you about the Cowboys after this loss to Denver? It's just... I just have one thing to say. How about them Cowboys? Yeah! <laughs> Steve Ellis Smith is laughing all over this right now. Cowboys. Oh, those Cowboys. <laughs> Down oh, that was... 30 nothing in the fourth quarter to the Teddy Bridgewater led Broncos. <laughs> that was a beautiful sight to see. Oh, Dak Prescott returning from his injury. Everyone's so excited about Cooper Rush winning the game against the Vikings. Thinking they can go in all their high and mighty against those pistols. Because the 500 practice and they go in there and shit the bed and shit the bed hard. <laughs> they fell right off their horse hat. Hat, lasso, and gone. <laughs> you having fun over there, dude? Oh, quite some time. See, uh, the Cowboys are in quite a bit of trouble. <laughs> you see, they've got some defensive inefficiency. They've got... A whole lot of problems on the offensive end, too. I mean, it's not entirely fluent. But I will say <laughs> that it was only a one-time mistake. I think that the Cowboys will be good for the rest of the year. Although there's one little dandy thing. They won't be so good in the playoffs. That that Cowboys team is getting knocked out in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can see them going right in there. Then facing like some, a team like the Bucks in the first round, they just go like, Howdy. <laughs> and get knocked right off their arse. I mean, like, as Stephen A. said, what can go wrong will go wrong. And, and for the Cowboys, it always repeats itself. Yeah. It's a glorious cycle. As he, as he said, the higher the pride, the better the fall. <laughs> and it'll fall, and I'll be celebrating. Oh, and it'll be a, such a joyous day. When they fall and lose, oh, it'll be so nice. And another reason it'll be nice, because I get to watch another Stephen A. video about why they suck. And it'll be beautiful. Cowboy hat and cigar and all. It'll be amazing. I mean, is this really about Denver being good, or... I don't no. think so. I think this is really just about... <laughs> it's about Cowboys being, being bad. bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Denver has been horrible in my past few weeks. I mean, like, it's about the Cowboys, clearly. It, but no way there's, it's inexplicable, though, of why it's about the Cowboys. I when, know. It's, it's, when you win with Cooper Rush and then go into the game all high, high and mighty and hoity-toity, <laughs> the only reason I can think of is because they just overlooked their opponent. That's all I can think of, because they're clearly more talented. When you have C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, um, Amari Cooper, why is that offense not winning? And excuse me, they also have Zeke. Yeah, uh, but Zeke was held to a like minimal yards. Yeah, because Denver Denver defense is really underrated. I mean, it's improving for sure. It's improving. Yeah, I mean, Derek, what, like, what do you think about the Cowboys? Um, I still think Diggs is the defensive player of the year. 
Just a bad game. I feel like a lot of teams had a bad game this. No, season. a lot of teams got yeah. upset. Like out of nowhere, it's just a gu- like a gust of wind maybe appeared over the, the best Maybe teams. just an off Sunday for them. Maybe <laughs> Diggs is gonna bounce back and just claim his title as the defensive player of the year. How about the rest of that Cowboys defense? I mean, the Mike Micah Parsons is so. He is good too. Good. No, no, I'm saying no. with an exception to them. How do you feel about the rest of that Cowboys defense? It's not great. <laughs> it's. Dandy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those Cowboys never disappoint me. But what is disappointing me is the Patriots lately. They've been really good. And as a Bills fan, that sucks. Yeah. So do you consider the Patriots serious playoff contenders? I'm worried about this. Okay. Give me a very clear answer. Do I think they'll make the playoffs? Yes. Do I see them getting past the first round? No. Like, the Patriots, look, not denying it, they're a good team. I'm just not saying they're a great team. And for one big reason. Lack of playoff experience. That being one, but I was going to say offense. Because their offense is... Oh, it's good defense. Their defense has been great. Yes, large in part due to Belichick. But... If you've seen their offense, did you see their offense against the Bucks? Piss poor. Well, listen, listen. Oh my the lord! The Patriots' offense is bad, but it's not as Woo. bad as the Packers' offense with Jordan Love. That looks like a chicken with its head off, <laughs> just running around. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Jordan Love being the chicken. <laughs> yes. But the Patriots are trying to get back to the body. But you have to you have to think about the Patriots' offense in multiple facets, right? So, starting at quarterback, Mac Jones is improving, but he's not there yet, as you can see with his 19th ranked QBR. That's just three out of the situation right now, but I think it's bound to improve. Second of which, their receivers are not there. Although I think their tight ends are above average, so I think it'll eventually work out on the offensive end. He's got two nice safety blankets, but. Overall, I think the defense is going to be the reason why the Patriots get to the playoffs. And they're going to get there, but they're going to get knocked out very quickly. I mean, like those Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Yeah! You have a fun, Drew? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm having Quite a, a lot bit. of fun. <laughs> Quite a bit. It's, very, it's so fun to make fun of the Cowboys. So, Derek, what do, what do you got on the Patriots? I don't care. I think they're going to make it to the playoffs. And they're not making it very far, though. Maybe an upset in the first round, and, and they'll, uh, they'll hang in there. Yeah, I mean, like, look, Mac Jones was undoubtedly the right pick. For sure. But they just don't have enough on their offense to actually get it done. Because they don't really have a really standout guy on that offense. Jacoby Myers is good. Not, not saying anything against him. Sure. But he's clearly Nick, number three. Yeah, Name, me, name me a top player on the Patriots' offense. I mean, I, I would say that Mac Jones is their best offensive player. I mean, look, look this, this is their receiving core. Hell, their best offensive player might be their coach. Yeah. <laughs> Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Nikhil Harry, and like another guy. Nikhil like, Harry's the, a joke for a receiver. And I, what sucks even more is that I, tore, I, I had him touted as one of the best receivers in that class, and that has not worked the way I expected it. Well, they also haven't really helped him out, really, with the situation. But, like, they haven't really gotten him into the whole thing. Well, 
when he was coming out of college, he was seen as a 50-50 receiver that can get over the top. And he wasn't necessarily the fastest. And I overlooked the speed part of it because he's not getting open. We thought that he would be able to get those balls that are 50-50, and he hasn't. And that's a problem. Over, overall, I think that the Patriots offense is a little segmented right now. And I think that their running backs aren't there yet. I, mean, I think Damian Harris is a good number, too. I, I like him as a complimentary back. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of like the, the Singletary Moss thing. Like, with, um... I think he's more similar to Moss. Yeah. But, like, it, it, he's like the Moss, and then, like... He's only getting 4.4 well, 4 4 yards per carry. You got, like, Ramon, you got, like, Ramondre Stevenson also, like, in the running back. But yeah, he's young. I, I'll give him a little bit longer, but I, I haven't been, like, crazy about him. I, I think that his receiving game has been... Nice. You know, if you're not really contributing that much on the running game, just try and get him in a few other things. Make him a little wildcat-ish. Yeah. But, like, they, they're just not... Telling me, this is a team that's gonna like go far. It, it's they're just not like I, I I like their team, I do, but they're like the they're the baby bombers of like the New York Yankees type. <laughs> they're not. They're very young. They're like they're like a up and coming team, but they, they are still in their childhood. Let me ask. They you are something. not there. Who yet. is their Aaron Judge? I guess Mac Jones. <laughs> Oh, but if it's shut up, like you said, if it's of the offense, if it's of stop, like if it's of the that. if it's of the defense, is a whole different equation. Because then you got Matthew Judon, you got yeah. J C Jackson, yeah, both of whom have been so good. You know, since twenty eighteen, J C Jackson has the most interceptions. Yeah, I know. You got Judge and St- there's your Judge and Stanton right there. The defense is the best part of the team. Well, t- to be completely frank with you. At least both of those players are consistent. Stanton, one day he'll be hitting 500. The next day, he'll be like, oh, I'm <laughs> swinging out fucking everything, and he gets four strikeouts. In other words, you <laughs> get the Joe Gallo moment. <laughs> <laughs> why, are we getting, like, why are we getting confused by the little buzzer? <laughs> All right, to move on from that. Do you see the Titans as a number one team in the AFC? No. Do you look, I, I think they had a good have a reason. <laughs> <laughs> look, they had a good game, but overall, I don't see it like working long term. It just it it doesn't make sense for a team with like like with no Derrick Henry, just and it's just like an okay passing game. I mean. Like, it, it's not there. Like, they, they, look, you have to realize that over, around half their, I think half their points came from their defense being good. They had a pick six, and they got a, and they got an interception that led them to the three yard line. How much work is the Titans offense actually doing? Honestly, I think that the Titans are really a, a number two or three team in disguise. They are just like so many other teams where they'll, like, Hint at being at the next level, but I don't see it yet. And the reasoning behind that is because, A, if Derrick Henry out, they can't sustain this. That's A. B, I think Julio Jones hasn't been incorporated into the offense in the way he really should have been. And the Titans have too long relied on just Derrick Henry for support. But they have so many other pieces that need to be brought in, especially on the receiving end. Now, going to the defensive side... 
I think that it's been really, really improved by Jeffrey Simmons been being really good lately. I think that the defense could be elevated to that next level. Although I see the Titans as more of a contender, more than they were last year, but still not there yet. They're not contenders. They stopped being contenders. I, I could see them getting knocked down in the, in the conference championship or maybe the round before that. Uh, the, definitely not the Super Bowl. Can't see that. So, Derek, what, what do you got on this topic? They're not I, contenders. What? For what, the playoffs or just the uh, Super Bowl? For anything. As soon as Derrick Henry got injured, they weren't even a good team anymore. Their defense would have to work for them. They're one of those teams that you look on their schedule, oh, that's a nice win. I well, feel like They beat the Rams, and that was a nice win. Here's the, the difference, Rams though. played the shittiest yeah. game I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, here's the difference, though, with the Titans. Well, the Rams are also like that. Like, where they're like, oh, one day they're really good, and the next day they're like, ah, they're what they always yeah, are. The, yeah, but the thing is, the Titans win, so is that they're either, like, like under, like, different circumstances or not. Like, the Titans game against Buffalo was decided by a fourth and inches because Josh Allen slipped. That was the entire game right there. Fourth and inches on the two-yard line, he slipped. That could have been game over right there if he stayed on his feet. Then the Bills would have won there. Against the Rams, the defense got two picks and set them up. They got a pick six and got an interception to the three-yard line. That's half their points right there. They got, gave it to them, the defense. Now take those interceptions out of the picture. What, what, is the Titans, what is the Titans' score in that game? Not as high as you might think. Well, the Rams just played a really shitty Rams game. Might, the Rams might have won that game, actually, if those interceptions hadn't been made. Looking back. Well, honestly, like as we just discussed, the Titans are kind of close. But close. still not there yet. Yeah. Anyway, the next topic we're going to talk about is pretty sad. It involves Henry Ruggs. Um, do we see that a future for him in the NFL? Or is no. this it? <laughs> yeah, I think this is it. Yeah. And he, he might spend the next, like, 16 years behind Might bars. be more than that. He's Even facing, if he wasn't, I think this would be it. He's done. He's probably facing more than that. He's now facing four felony charges at wow. one charge. Before that, it was just the two felony charges. But now he's facing... Three more charges. And putting that all together, I, I, I mean, before with the, just the two felony charges, it was around 20, 20, 20 to 25 years. Like, it, it, it went up to that. But now add in the more the three other charges now for the other person, the person who's in his car and the gun charge, he could be facing up to like around 50 years in prison. What is max. the thing? It really speaks to a a more existential crisis for the Raiders as a franchise, right? Their whole management and their players have now faced a riddle of a problem here, a rumor there, of a start with John Gruden, then we have Henry Ruggs, and most recently, we, we've had Damon Arnett. And yeah, Josh Jacobs before that, actually, about a year ago. You're right. Yes, Good but point. the difference was he was not over the... the like the alcohol, like the legal alcohol, like legal limit, and he was like, like, and he was able to not get charged, and now he's leading a group that fights against having being intoxicated for for like during while you're. Well, dying. Henry Ruggs will eventually well, need to do that, but that's what I'm saying. That's what makes the team look bad. The fact that there's this group and Henry Ruggs is still out doing things like this. 
Do you and think look, it look has how to... fast they released him too? After all that happened, they had like, to. They had no choice. There's no, there's no chance the Raiders or any other team is touching him after any of this. I mean, he was driving two seconds before he crashed. He was drafted, driving 156 miles per hour. He has a better chance of getting on a JUCO roster than back in the NFL. <laughs> do you honestly think it has to do with him being in in Las Vegas? Is that you think it has to do with the location? I feel like Vegas, I've read a few articles that may have suggested that Vegas is the type of area where things like like this that are what happen. I mean, so I mean, maybe it's gonna force people to push the team to relocate or something. No, like that. they just relocate. You know how much money that costs. Yeah, like I yeah, like, no, but the, the car crashes, just suicides, even in general, there a crime in, Je- in Vegas is probably so large. Not even because of all like intoxications and all that, but probably because. People are getting like people just commit suicide over their gambling debts. Like they lose all their money and they, like, just get intoxicated and they go out for a drink and then, crash, kill somebody. Like, th- this is like a very similar situation you might see in Vegas. I mean, normally just just walking the streets there, it's yes. you see it in two seconds of is what it? can happen. You don't want to spend you don't want to spend a week, in Vegas. Well, the problem Nether- is nevertheless a few hours. Vegas is too sus- too susceptible to many sus- problems. Sus- 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 Shut up. <laughs> they are very susceptible to a lot of problems such as gambling, <laughs> such as drinking. So- <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> are you tell me when you're done? Is that going to loud, Drew? Suck my dick. No, thank you. <laughs> like a snake. <laughs> anyway, um, it's, it's it's a terrible incident. Though I'm, I really hope that Rugs will eventually be able to come back and. He's not coming back. No, 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 not the NFL to create a, an organization he's, against driving drugs. He just joined guy. Josh Jacobs. I have a better chance of being on an NFL roster than he does right no, now. No, 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 no. Again, not about NFL. He needs. Say, yeah, he needs no, to. Co- he needs to be like how. Uh, I think there was a player about like twenty years ago that he had a similar accident to how Ruggs did, but then decided to create an organization, and it was ab- about fighting this type of issue of driving drunk. Uh, I know, which is even sadder about this whole incident is that Ruggs back back when he was seventeen years old was with a, a friend that did die. I don't think he was with him. Or, uh, but he, he, his friend died. But, or, or, did he know him or something like that? Yeah, it was his like his best friend. He died in yeah. a car accident. Yeah, he, maybe he wasn't with. Was he I wasn't? No, he with wasn't him. with him. And but, like on a highway, and he got thrown, like uh, over like around a hundred feet from the vehicle. Yeah, like right out the windshield. And, and literally every time he gets a touchdown, he points up to the sky for him. With, with the which is why it's so. I mean, it's yeah. terribly ironic that this happened to him. Yeah, you know, that he in, now. He got into a car crash, but not only that, but he killed someone else. Because when that car, when his car hit the other car, that car caught fire like a fireball and killed her and her dog inside in seconds. It was that bad because of how fast he was going, 156 miles per hour. That is extremely fast. Like and there, like and the judge who was like ruling the case said he had never seen a case of any like person in driving into all intoxicated of ever going that fast. It was, it was that bad. Well, it speaks to larger volumes though about the Raiders as an organization. 
it's it's scary. Um, seems like it know, seems like teams. It seems like all these crimes raid their teams of good players. It's, it's a terrible thing. Every but it's all the time. We're gonna move on to another incident that happened uh, last night. Uh, what is your reaction to, between the incident of J- uh, Nicole Jokic and Markeith Morris? Uh, it it was bad. Like it was bad on the court, but not just that. The way it spilled out off the court too, because if you saw on Twitter. Both the brothers of the players are getting involved. It's causing drama between everybody on and off I, court. I think it was bigger than it really should have been. And Jokic really inflamed the incident. I mean, it was it was bad how it started out when Morris, uh, I think he jumped, like, he he jumped, jumped like right, on him. Yeah. Right he was just him. trying to draw, uh, a draw a foul. And it shouldn't but, have gone I mean, any further than that. I I th- I think that he, it was a little bit of a dramatic foul. He should he shouldn't have done it as flagrantly he should, as he did. Like all of them was just frustrated. They were losing the game, and there's the biggest issue of why you're losing right there, dribbling the ball. Or he has to go and foul him to you know make a good play right there by fouling. He, him. he, I, no I, he did an aggressive foul, but then Jokic followed up with Jokic, an even more I, aggressive, uncalled for foul. It's not. I feel like Morris may have begun it, but it should have stopped right at the hard foul. Like because he, was, I think he was just letting out his frustration about how bad the game was going, and it should have stopped just there. You think they just should have stopped the game there? No, I think all the drama starts should have just stopped there, because after um after Morris after Jokic pushed Morris onto the ground, you see the because Jimmy Butler is a very loyal player. He'll yeah. get really mad for his teammates. That's a good so thing. while Morris was on the ground, it was Jimmy Butler causing drama in that huge crowd that formed in the middle of the of the court. So Morris, who's like one of the main factors of this whole issue, had barely anything to do with what was going on afterwards. Because he was laying there injured. They brought out a stretcher for him. And he's just laying there. And Jimmy Butler and the rest of the Heat players are all coming... And starting drama in the middle. But I feel like, if anything, maybe the Heat players will come back and be stronger from this because it shows that the, your teammates have your back. So I might have worked out more for the for the Heat than it did for the Nuggets. So because now they're, they're in danger of losing one of their best players for a few games. Oh, that's what my follow-up was going to be. How many games do you think he's going to miss? Um, I can see it being like three or four. But maybe with the drama on Twitter, it might be more. Really? Yeah, because you have um, you have both their brothers saying that they might fight off court too now. Oh, that's just a little bit too much. That they said because um, I think I forgot who it was who first who first tweeted something. But whoever it was, it's just it's the in, in the situation has just been so inflamed. I I think a large part of it is yeah because Jimmy Butler like and yes, he's a very loyal player. I'll give it to him, but. I think he did it to a point where... It was too much. Too much. Like, they should have just been split up. Like, yes, he all he did not have to foul him that hard. All he had to do was, t- was touch him, really. That's all he had to do. He didn't have to jump into him. But I think Morris caused a situation, like, originally, that shouldn't have gone as far as it did. I think Jokic wasn't looking exactly and got the impression that he was just taking out his frust- his frustration on Honestly, him. I don't even think Jokic thought he was going to push him as hard as he did. He, he When he pushed him, my bet was that 
he was not intending to hurt him, to hurt him, and or just intending to have the situation fall out as it did. But as it happened, we saw how Jimmy Butler was very defensive of his player, and caused this whole commotion. And like it just shows that how dangerous with all these fight things, how dangerous situations like this could become. And it just should not happen. Like, Jokic, Jokic is, like, uh, facing a possible suspension of, for, like, for the incident. And, like, yes, I understand Moore's not getting it. And I understand there might be a little bit of a conflict over that. Because he kind of started the whole thing. But, like, Jokic should maybe have... I would have also, if he had just, like... So, like said some maybe nasty things back at him, like some angry words, and that would have been fine. I understand that, but you're too aggressive. You are. T- you can't just take it to a point where you would basically attack somebody. Like it, it's, we're trying not to have it be a violent league. You're only causing drama that doesn't need to be made, and like what this type of situation? The, the, now the Nuggets are at. Not fault here, and not only that, but they're about to lose their best player for an unset about amount of games. That can really hurt their their chances right now to stay in the standings as we're at, as their current position, and like that is just like it's horrible for them, and like it it really puts their whole chances for leading like going leading in the conference in jeopardy. So like. But now, like, we got, like, an up-and-coming team, just like the Warriors now. Steph Curry scored 50 points last night. Tennis, Save that ten for the next question. And seven rebounds. I know, I'm going into the next question here right now. So, like, you got, you got a team like the Warriors right now, who are number two in the standings. And they look unstoppable right now. And now, think about when Clay Thompson comes back. In late December, early January. And stays healthy, this Warriors team is going to be back in the championship. As soon as they left, they're going to be back. And now we got like the Nuggets losing, like losing Jokic for this amount of games. That can put them back in that type of scenario to where they might have to face the Warriors in that type of game later down in the stretch. Without Jokic, without Jokic, that's definitely concerning for them. That's well, yeah, it's very concerning. It's it is just one game. But it's also a meaningful game to their like overall charisma. Yeah. Uh, to mo- to move on from that, I think we need to discuss Justin Fields and his really decent performance last night. Even though it was in a loss, I'd say that Justin Fields has taken his game to the next level. Do you think that Justin Fields is now taking his game to the next level? And if so, how? Look, he's definitely an up-and-coming quarterback, but... Until he really makes use of the weapons around him, like Allen Robinson, like or or Darnell Mooney, or like players like David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, this team is going nowhere. Like they had the chance to beat the Steelers, guess it didn't pan out. But earlier in the game, they were down fourteen nothing. They could have turned those those scores, and they could have taken those drives. When it needed to happen, they could have turned them into points. What happened? Oh, I'm not worried though about the Bears from a player perspective. I'm really a lot more worried for for the Bears 
from a coaching perspective. Because I think a lot of these losses really fall on Matt Nagy. So when you have your wide receivers not being in participation, like you just mentioned with Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, it overall hurts the demeanor of Justin Fields, right? Because if you're thinking, well, who am I going to pass it to? I'm going to pass it to my my receiver here, or are we going to do more of a run-based game? So Justin Fields also has the ability to run out of the pocket, unlike quarterbacks before him, such as Andy Dalton. So Andy Dalton's trash. You have to realize that. You're trash. Okay, Derek. He is trash. So are you. And Dylan, uh, Dylan let's not get started on your football skills. No, no one was getting started on my football skills. Yeah. So why are my you talking? My football skills are moot. Then why are you talking? You talk football coming soon. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd, I'd say that Justin Fields has a very Russell Wilson-esque game to him. I think that eventually it will become that, but... Give it time and players and an offensive line. But like with Allen Robinson and a new coach for the thing is, matter. With Allen Robinson saying he's probably gonna leave after this year. Oh, really, he's gonna leave. I mean, he wanted to leave after this year, but they gave they franchise tagged him against mm. what he wanted. To <laughs> well, you know that completely. So changes and their now calculus. he's been having a terrible year in Chicago. He's gonna pro- very likely want out. Allen Robinson to the Chiefs. Here oh, we go. Hell no. Here we go. So, okay, but the, the idea is that, like, the, if the Bears lose their top receiver, they're going to have to, like, completely redo their entire way they look at their team. And, and not I think only with that, that, they should get rid of Matt Nagy. Yes, but, and, oh, absolutely. But the thing is, they don't have a first-round pick this year. They don't have that pick to draft someone like Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave. Like, they don't have that pick. And so they, I think what they should do, is so, trade someone or try to trade their picks to get into that first round to select a guy who really can help Fields out. Someone like Chris Olave who already has experience with Justin Fields. He has the chemistry. Look how good it's turned out. Oh, wait, out. hold on, hold on. I don't think that... They, yeah, they don't have their first round pick, though. They gave it to the Giants. Yes, that's what I'm saying. They gotta try to trade someone or picks to get in that first round and try to draft. Someone well, that means they're gonna need to get back into the top ten. If you think that you're gonna get them, I don't. They're not gonna. I don't believe they're going to in top ten. But I, I think they'll go in like the well, teams. Receivers have become more of a premium lately. Yes, but they're not. They're not at that level. Like Devontae Adams or, or De, not not Devontae Adams. There Devontae was three Smith, in the, you know, Devontae Smith or like Jalen Waddle or Jamar Chase were. There was three in the top twelve. Yes, last but year. they 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 weren't those type of history makers. They weren't. Like, look, they're great receivers, but they're not top ten level. I don't believe, in my opinion. Are you referring to Olave? And, yeah, Olave and okay. Garrett Wilson. Sure. Um, how, how about how, but the, Roberson, the, guys? Who? Roberson. The hell's Roberson? Is that guy on retro football or something? No. <laughs> no, no, no. I say another guy that we're overlooking here is Traylon Burks. I think we're overlooking yeah. me. I am the trash. For the, I'm <laughs> preparing for the NFL draft right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that would honestly be a great trade. Like, if the, if the oh, Bears decided to get back into the first <laughs> one. No, no, no. trash. We just discussed this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying that about me. Look at all the people who were underestimated. James Robinson. He Basically, I'm going to be the next Calvin Johnson. 
A little bit of Calvin Johnson. Well, James Robinson yeah, suffered go, the fate of being a group hey, of five you running want, backs. You want to go to Detroit and actually help out their, their shit receiver core? Go little, ahead. Go to the of, shit city. A little bit of Randy Moss. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah, I'd love no, to see stop you go. It. Not I'd love to see you go to Detroit. You're not I'd love to see how you like the Lions. Stop it right now. I'd love to see how you like being on the Lions. Rawr. Rawr. Ah. We're going to wrap it up here with, is John ja Morant a serious MVP candidate? John ja Morant. Okay. Um, look, he's a great player, but look how this, look at the start Curry's having. and that, Especially after how he was like, after like Curry's. they did not pick him last year. Curry. Look how good he's doing. He's doing ridiculous. Curry. Curry's winning MVP. Yeah, he, I think Curry's winning the MVP. Like, oh, or maybe even uh, Giannis. Not, so John not, Moran not might be a contender, not cur- not not, a not Curry contender. level, not Curry level. Well, Ja right now has twenty six points per game. It's fifteenth in per, Me and too. I'd no, you're not. And and I honestly think that he's become a bigger leader to the Grizzlies than he was even the year before. I think he's grown each year, and I think now he, I would say he's arguably better than Zion Williamson from that. Entire draft class. I think he's probably their best player. I feel like Zion. I wouldn't want to say a bust, but he's not doing like what? as good as you would expect. From Bro, he a... was getting like twenty five points per game. Me too. Anyway, <laughs> he's not doing as good this season as like you normally see him do. Yes, but look at the look at the team he's on. Look at the team he's on. The Pelicans. The Pelicans. Are, not a bad the Pelicans. Team. They're not bad. They're one and ten. The Pelicans, even in themselves, are not but, that dangerous of think, a name. Think they back suck. To the, think back to the Cavs team that LeBron got dumped on. Okay, there's a difference. So they actually got weapons from. I mean, look look at the Pelicans. Look at the Pelicans. They're one and ten. Bi has been out like. They they got Jonas Valusi and I was like, but like they, Zion's been out. I'm not hating on Zion's Zion. Zion's been injured. I have Zion so, on fantasy. I need him to do good. I mean, like well, what, Zion what, what just can't get over consistent injuries. That that's what's gonna overall plague him as a player. And I think he's a great player, but he's never gonna be that superstar status that everyone thought he was gonna be. I think only because of the injuries. That's I think. what I'm saying. You haven't seen that superstar status you were expecting. You drafted him number one yet. Well, I, th- I, th- I think he's borderline. I think he's... you're borderline near these nuts. I don't even know what that means. Start <laughs> not to. You'll find out. But we're going to finish off with, the, with one hot take. Should the 76ers be considered title contenders? No. 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 Just no, no explanation. No. I, I, I agree, no. Just I, no. No, no. A hot take's not I supposed just... to have an explanation. But... But the re- the reason no is, reason just stop. Listen, there. listen, just no. The reason is because they have no complete team. You're not a complete team, just no. And also, one more hot take: the Yankees right now have they like an MLB insider just reported today that based on the like uh, news about Correa that the Yankees are right now the like the like right now like offering like the most money and I are have like the best intent right now. To sign Correa, that like right now, that they are the most inclined to sign him right now. Okay. So, like, even though Correa has been like 
Like there, people have been rumoring him to be interested in the Tigers, which I don't understand why. Korea. Yeah, I know, and that Seager's been more ideal to the Yankees. I mean, like. Oh God, that would be so Yankees to get Corey. Yeah, and they've been saying that they've been offering him. Like, uh, there, there have been like talks about the Yankees offering him a contract around three hundred million. Dollars. Oh, don't and even get started so with that. No, no. Much money. Just, the answer is no. And the thing is, I don't even care. I don't care if it's Correa. I don't care if it's Seager. The answer is no. I know, and Seager would be trying trying to get the same thing. Oh. And the Dodgers have been saying that they're going to be trying hard to resign Seager. Absolutely like, not. Yeah, it, it's been no like, players that valuable. Like it's ridiculous. I, Hell, I wouldn't pay Otani that money. Yeah, and like they've also been rumored um, to or they, that they've been in talks with the A's about Olsen. So like another like really good idea that the Yankees that one I definitely think they should go for. Personally, I think I would like instead of Career or like Seager, I would rather get someone like Marcus Semien, like 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 a like a like a great like great versatile player who can play shortstop and second base. Real hit like three hundred last year would not be as much money at all, and great contact hitter. It's exactly what the Yankees need. We do not need to pay someone over three hundred million dollars, waste our entire tap on one player, where we can go and sign someone like Semyon and spend money on other needs. That Semyon's we need. still going to cost a bit. Yes, not quite as he, much. No, but still, he's going to cost but. a bit for sure. But not even close to I can see him costing between 20 Korea. and 25. What? Semin. Yeah. It's still quite a bit. Yeah, it, it's definitely a lot of money. But it's not even close to what Korea's going to be getting or Seager. I mean, I guess the Yankees have to ask themselves are they going to bring themselves in a prospect? Or are they like, going to be cheap like they normally Well, they could, they could opt to do that, but they have Volp and Peraza right there. They're saying Volpe and, Volpe and Dominguez are right now locks, and that they might want to try to trade, uh, tra- trade some uh, something centered around Peraza. Oh, like okay. if if it came to it, but like right now, I love both Volpe and Peraza. They're both amazing. I could see them sliding in as our second and shortstops, respectively. Yeah, but like you gotta remember, we still have Lemayu, we still have Urshela, like we still have like Glaber Torres. It, it there's a point, and Wade also. We have to understand that there's a point, there's a limit to how many people we can have on the roster. So we have to understand that, like, trading someone like Torres right now and someone like Voight right now... Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Like, tra- trying to trade them for someone like Matt Olson. Someone who can, like... That makes no sense, though. Maybe not both of them, but I'm saying, like, try to trade at least one of them in a package for Olsen. Get... Great talents in a lefty, a first baseman who won't cost enormous amounts of money. Well, l- let me suggest something to you. Why would the A's do that if they're specifically looking to co- to cut down on cost? Because someone like Voight, right? They, now, no, no. Listen, listen. Olson already costs little, but Voight probably costs more. He's probably going to cost more than Olson. There's a there's just a li- listen, listen. Olson's going to be a, a free agent, I believe, next year, and he's going he's gonna to probably want to command a big Listen, contract. Listen, the A's, the A's want to significantly cut down their rosters like, in terms of cap, and they already have nothing in terms of I cap. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Trying to sign someone like Glaber Torres or like get Glaber Torres or, or even like someone like Peraza. But so, like, those guys are going to cost too much money. I, I, I think Peraza, if you traded, traded to them, that makes sense. I think Peraza to them makes sense in exchange for like an, a matter Why? of Why? Boy, it's not going to cost a lot of money. Torres is not going to... I disagree. I think it will cost some money. 
I mean, I don't, I don't see. I mean, after the, after the, after the year of voice had, nah. All right, we're gonna wrap it up with that. We'll see you guys next week on Beef Talk Eleven. Bye, folks. Beef Talk Eleven.